Hello and welcome to the BBC R&D Human Values podcast. A lot has happened since our previous podcast series and now we want to interview a few key people that have been on this journey with us as we find these cases and explore how the human values framework can be used alongside other existing frameworks. We hope you enjoy this podcast series and please get in touch with us if anything you hear catches your interest. We can be contacted on humanvalues.io. Here's Ian Forrester from BBC R&D, who will be your host. Thank you, Marisa. And we will start the interview with an introduction by the guests. Well, I'm Richard Rutter. I'm one of the co-founders and managing director of ClearLeft. ClearLeft is a design agency. We're based in Brighton in the UK. Uh, we've been going for about uh, 15 years now. Um, we sort of started ourselves as a user experience agency back in the day, but now we tend to really uh, be design partners working with um, clients of all sorts of different shapes and sizes, um, whether that's public sector, universities and councils or private sector, big companies like um, Virgin Atlantic or JP Morgan or um, all sorts of um, stuff right across the board. Thank you. Um, and I guess um, one of the things that we're always interested in is um, a little bit of the, the kind of backstory of like, um, why did you, um, why did you take part or why, why were you interested in human values? But also from, is it a personal thing? Is it a business thing? Or is it both? Well, we're interested in the human values framework when it was first um, introduced to us because it it felt like um, it sort of fitted with our own sort of company values as well. We're, we're quite keen on, I suppose, the way that that Clearleft operates as a design agency. We have a lot of experienced people working for us, and so they have a lot of autonomy to work. Um, and it's also, you know, we want people to be able to make their own. Um, decisions in in the way that they work and to be able to be comfortable in the environment that, that we work in and also with the clients that we work as well um, and when we're considering um, the sort of work that we're doing with clients we always feel like it's kind of an educational job that we're doing as well um, and that's not just how to design although that does come across when they're working with us particularly if we're working with their in-house teams um, but also how to think about um, design and what to be thinking about when you're designing a new product or service. Um, for example, one of the things that comes up a lot is um, metrics and KPIs and, and um, wanting to assess like how successful is this new launch or, or how will it work um, for our customers and that sort of thing. And one of the things that we always push back on is what we would call the vanity metrics, so the page views and um, bounce rates and, and all of that sort of stuff. I and mean, they can be indicative of something, but increasing page views, increasing dwell time, I mean, you can gain that in all sorts of different ways and make the experience far worse for your customers um, and really not achieve the outcomes that you, that you want to achieve. Um, so someone like a, a council, for example, where they're providing um, services, digital services um, to um, citizens, there's no reason to want to increase their dwell time. In fact, if you can reduce it and still get the service having been delivered, then 
excellent um, and you're going to have happier um, citizens that way and so there's that human aspect to it is is always what to look at which is where the human values framework for us um, just was a really nice way of um, and sort of a nice lens to think through in terms of helping design services and products for clients so, so did you see the human values framework you know, as a yeah kind of a, a useful framework to lean on uh, you know you it sounds like you like clear left and yourself already were thinking about this for a while but i guess didn't maybe have the the framework to to kind of lean on or um i i guess one of the things that we've noticed over time is that a lot of people have been thinking about this but haven't had the time and the the amount of uh, effort to go and research it and and to make their own framework um or did you or have you already made one you know you know we haven't made a, a framework um like this ourselves um it's just been more of a fundamental way of how uh we as individuals um and we as a company like to to think is that we're about trying to get the outcomes that our clients really want and that can be quite a difficult mindset um, to to get clients to thinking because often as individuals within those organizations they've got been given their own goals or their own sort of performance metrics that they have to try and achieve and to some degree our job is to help them achieve that one of the key things we say is we always want to make our clients look good and that's our clients as people not as organizations um, but at the same time um, the organizations we work with have wider um, bigger outcomes that they need to achieve particularly like i said if they're in the public sector or if they're charities they've got particular goals that they want to achieve and they can be achieved through digital means but not all on their own um, and so what something like the human values framework gives to us is something that, that has been well researched but is also is readily understandable um, we can point to it um, and just use it in our own ways of working as well um, as reminders and also as a way of it's just a really useful communication tool i think to have a different focus on, on how to think about things that is not necessarily all numbers driven um, and you can think about customers as people and helping our customers feel better in what they're what they're trying to achieve and if and, and if that is achieved then it doesn't matter what numbers are doing um, as long as that is achieved then those customers are either going to um, come back tell their friends or just feel like they've they've achieved the thing that they needed to achieve i'm uh, just gonna um kind of cast your mind back to, if you can remember, it was quite a while ago, uh, the actual workshop itself. Um, you know, Was there anything that you were expecting from the workshop when you when you signed up to it? Um, you know, was there something that you were expecting? Um, and um, in, you know, did that, was that fulfilled in the workshop? um if you can remember that far back it was quite a while ago it, it was a while ago i i didn't really have any particular expectations the workshop i was just really intrigued that it was a thing 
Um, and so I was very, and it, and it felt, like I said, it felt aligned with our, our own ways of working. And so it really just felt like it was um, a bit of a learning opportunity initially um, to talk with some like-minded people and to understand um, what was being said and explored um, within these human values. Um, so really that's what it was for, from my point of view, at least initially. And um, you know, I was very pleased to be involved in it. Did, did you, um, you know, so did you find that the time was, uh, and you can be completely honest, um, the time was about right or too short or too long? Um, you know, would you know what would if you were to to be kind of redesigning that that workshop? Um, what would you make changes to? I'm trying to think now what I would have made changes to. It's um, I, I certainly came out of it thinking that was time well spent, so I probably wouldn't have made so many changes myself either. Um, it was like I said, I suppose I felt in. I wasn't sure what I was going to bring to it um, up front, which um, I didn't necessarily think was a, a bad thing. Because, like I said, I was approaching it from a well, I was um, privileged to be asked asked along, but then also really interested in what was going to be talked about. Um, so, from that point of view, I, I guess um, it, it that can work well in our experience with running workshops equally um getting a whole bunch of homework done by um in our case a, a client up front can also be quite useful as well because there's a whole bunch of sort of upfront thinking done there um and uh, that's that's something that we we would sort of employ but in terms of the structure of um the workshop and so on like i said uh, that felt good to me that felt and i certainly felt like um i had a, a good interesting time by the end of it did, did you uh, find it useful to be in with a bunch of other people as well uh, with different um, kind of backgrounds, different business models, businesses? Um, was that useful? Yeah, uh, that's always useful, having those slightly different viewpoints, um, particularly where also you've got a group of people, yeah, they're coming from different, different backgrounds, but um, probably a fair amount of experience of being in workshops or something similar so people know how to um, interact and so that there's not too many dominant voices and things like that um, so that was quite a nice balance there um, and uh, I, I think it's particularly beneficial to to be able to hearing um, different viewpoints that are, that are going on different backgrounds um, I think that's important from just in informing design generally that um, sort of diversity of, of, of voices coming in. If if there were to be another one, uh, would you prefer it to be personal or or virtual? And um, would you like now with the knowledge that you have, um, would you expect it to go into a lot more depth, or or would you? That's not right. Are you? Would you expect it to be more kind of tailored to 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 what you do, opposed to which is much more like this is the framework? Um, you know, I kind of I'm interested in what you if you were to to like go right. Okay, we're going to build a second one now. 
what would that look like? What would be most useful to you? Hmm. I suppose you could look at it from a slightly selfish point of view and think, um, let's let's reinvestigate these um, sort of twelve values or so that are that are here, and and think about how can we um, frame or formulate those that we would specifically use with with our clients because there are perhaps things here that um we wouldn't use very much necessarily um in, in our sort of general work but at the same time that that sort of feels like it, it's such a to me an, an important way of of thinking that is different to so much that is sort of out there at the moment um you know so many things are driven by um by metrics by the you know surveillance and um and all of those sorts of stuff and it forgets that, that that there are people there in a way and so as much as it would be interesting maybe to have um another run through these to refine them it's like well how can we get this tool that would be perfect for us as a design agency to use but i wouldn't want to take away the wider use of it really because i think it's it's a fundamentally important way that um, people should be thinking. I mean, the, over the past few years, that this whole notion of design ethics has become a bigger and bigger thing. Lots of designers have been looking at themselves, thinking, um, why are we doing this work? That this is not um, this is not making humanity better in any way. Um, this is this is not delivering something which is better for people. Um, and we could totally be doing a better job of that. Um, and I wouldn't want to lose any of that aspect to this, because that's why I think this as a whole brings uh, a much more sort of beneficial way of thinking. If this, this can go into this sort of sense of design thinking that, that um, organizations are starting to bring in, um, that is not just hypothesis driven, let's come up with a hypothesis. If we do make this little tweak here, then the numbers will go up in that direction in the right way. It's more, how can we, um, it, it, how can we use these, how might we sort of there? How, can, how might we be able to help people understand themselves or feel safe or connect with others? You know, those sorts of things, which are, bring this genuine value to people's lives. Um, it, and can be completely consistent with making commercial success. So you can't pretend that that isn't ultimately a goal for some organisations, but there's there's ways and means of doing it. <laughs> You've raised a few things I wanted to touch on. Uh, so before I before we do move to the, um, I'd, I'd love to know what you've done since. And uh, also, I'd like to kind of like talk a bit about the, that kind of, not a conflict but like you know how they can work together um but the first of all the, the question about uh virtual in-person workshops um what would you prefer and um where would it make sense to like have a a virtual one for example you know i got kind of interested in just your view on like you know as it was virtual how it well how that felt for you was that useful because it was like I could just do it in an hour and a half. Um, although you obviously people are doing Zoom calls back to back, but you know, um, especially if you you know, had to go up to Manchester or come to London, 
all of that. So I just kind of wondering. When we did the, this workshop first time around, um, it was before the COVID times. And so it was probably slightly more unusual doing that virtually, um, but it made it happen a bit more easily. Where, uh, where, whereas now um, it, it's become so much more normal, I suppose. Um, you're not spending 20 minutes making sure everyone's got their tech sorted out. It's like it, that's sort of expected that it'll be sorted in about five seconds. Um, and, you know, just little things like that help. So from that point of view, um, I would be totally comfortable doing something um, remotely because I think it could happen. And also it can got us. I was talking about earlier on about having this wider group of people. I think that is useful, different voices. And I think it increases the chances of that as much as I do miss being in a room with people and having proper face-to-face -face contact um, for something like this I'd be quite happy to do it remotely and I think it, it's almost like it's a good example of something which might be better like that um, when you had to come up to Manchester or Salford it's quite a long way to get to from Brighton um, and I might have it would be easier to bail on it for reasons like, oh, I've got to get this proposal out by lunchtime, so I'm never going to get there in time. But I would be able to spare an hour and a half in the afternoon sort of thing. So there's all sorts of stuff comes into play like that. I, I think that's where um, we're in a good place now in many ways, where we can more readily have these, these sorts of remote meetings. Um, that said, I am one of the people who are really looking forward to opening our studio. Clearleft Studio is still closed. We're not going to be fully open until July, we think. Um, and everyone is has, desperately missing each other, but um, we'll wait until it's safe. That's, yeah, I think, um, I, I know we're planning to open the lab. I think we're talking about, I think also July, maybe, September. I'm planning to be the last person into the lab, so for other reasons, which uh, <laughs> which I which I, I'll do about another day. Um. So yeah. So the, the question about um, I, I'd love to know kind of what you. Know, so after the workshop, um, you obviously you've you've got the cards in front of you, um, which is great. I think you might have had them before, but just um, kind of anything that's kind of like happened since, like has um. Have you started using it um, for with clients? Have you started um, talking about? It? Have you started using the the language, for example? Um, and then I would love to know about that kind of notion of like you know, you have to go into details, but just like um, where you can still have you know, still have the, the human values at a center, but also have. Um, you know, a, a company that's also making, um, you know, hopefully huge amounts of money, um, you know, but for the right reasons, I guess, is, you know, um, something that I'm I'm intrigued about because um, when people normally think about this stuff, they kind of go, oh, yeah, that's like a, a non-profit, you know, non-profit or government, would that make sense? But for a commercial company and for a startup or for, you know, it's like, this doesn't make a sense uh, i've been told <laughs> <laughs> yeah and well that's it it does make a lot of sense i think within the commercial world um we, i'll be honest we haven't 
put these cards in front of clients um, when I came back from the workshop and got a, a sort of full understanding of this that's where we got together as a design team and um, like at clear left we have a uh, we do um, quite a lot of brown bag lunches so basically everyone gets together at lunchtime back in the old days they would be given a, a sandwich um, um, and, but that, that still continues from our um, from our own homes and so that's the kind of thing where we would go through something like this. Also, our design teams um, have a fortnightly get together as well, where we would just discuss a topic. Um, and that's where this sort of thing came up. Um, and there's a lot of um, aspects within the framework, which uses the same language that we were already using anyway as a, as an organization. That's why it felt so natural just to take this up, but it just expands really upon the language that we use but i'm thinking through to um, one of the clients that we had um i, I guess a couple of years ago or um, just before all the covid stuff happened was um virgin holidays and we we've been working with virgin holidays for quite a long time um working with their design teams and bringing a much more Sort of design focused ethos into the way that they work and they're a nice company to work with and you could bring so much of this into um, how they are designing their proposition um, yeah they're a commercial company they want to sell holidays and make money doing so that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but how they go about doing that and sort of measuring success is quite different and there's loads of aspects in here which is you know they, they want to make it as in as um, sort of fun as and easy as possible for their customers to find the perfect holiday for them. And the perfect holiday for them means you've got to think in, in human terms. It's not trying to give them the cheapest way to get to Malaga for a fortnight. It's where might they want to go? What other issues might they have with their, have they got um, family with young kids that needs to be catered for? All of these sorts of things, starts, you start thinking in, the, in this human way. And those start to be all the factors that you're naturally taking into account as a designer to, to help. Um, and, it, and with a company like that, which is thinking about genuinely trying to help its customers and give its customers the very best experience. And then if they do that, they'll make some money on the top of it. That's the right way to think. It's not how can we, how can we milk these holiday goers for as much money as possible. It's, it's completely the other way around because it's the other way around you you get to bring this this human thinking into all of those um design decisions essentially so that was really nice and it and it, it, it was and there's lots of those um aspects within the framework that, that we can bring i mean is even exploring the world is one of the, the values for example which is pretty directly um applicable to a travel company um so it's like I said, I, I think it just helped to expand our vocabulary a little bit and help us think a little bit wider than the base and ways of thinking that we were already looking at um, in that's, terms that's, of our work. That's, that's great. I, I think, yeah, I actually, I had not even thought about the kind of holiday sector because, um, you know, like when I go on holiday, um, I am trying to go, one of my kind of aims is to go to different countries. 
um, either of them not to just kind of fly in there and disappear out, which um, which I know when I well when I used to go to conferences and they would they would um, send me as a speaker, I would go and they would like try and kind of fit me in that day and then talk and then maybe stay for a dinner and then go straight back and I'm like yeah. no no no, you know I'm happy to if we could change the flight so I get some time actually there so I can actually look around. And that's one of my kind of my values is I want to experience God. I don't want to just fly in and just wander around for like two seconds and then get pushed to a stage and then, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, dinner and then you're out again the next morning. Yeah. That's not, that's not of interest to me. So I, I think you're right. It's like, um, this, this could really help to focus it on like, okay, what does the human want? Not, not just what, you know, so think of us speakers, think of us humans and they have their, their own values. So amazing. Um, so I got, um, I, I think I got one more question. Um, uh, you can't recover so much. Um, so the, the the one question I was going to ask you is um um so we yeah we're looking to to have um the idea of a an online assessment um which people could just go through and it would kind of give them an idea about not how well they're doing but like just like it'll give them some clue about what's you know uh, what it means to them and then um we would then if you wanted a, a kind of bigger assessment, then that would be the kind of um, half day assessment. And that might be, you know, online or in person. This is why I was asking that question. Um, do you think that's useful to you to be able to kind of go, right, I know what my business wants or what my business or my client is needs. I'm going to go through this and um, get an idea of, of like, the areas that we're missing maybe like some of the so for example obviously it's up to the 14 different cards so it's like okay we we've got most of the things covered but there's you know there's a few like i don't know maybe for example understanding myself you know there's something that <coughs> we're missing there you know and the assessment the online assessment would allow you to see that and at least get you thinking about that and then obviously the half a day um assessment would then could maybe drill down into how to make that um more useful or or i don't know we're not quite sure what we do in the half day but it would be more um more focused um than here's what human values is i, I, I wonder would that be useful would you find could you see that be useful to clear left and yourself i definitely could um with, with with clear left with the way that we're sort of structured we, we've got quite a like i said earlier on there's a lot of autonomy within the company the people with an experience so we want people to be able to just get on with their jobs without having to ask for permission um to be able to fix problems if they see a problem and just like just do that just own it essentially um there's there's things like that that it, it it means that the the culture, if you like, within the company, we, we need to have these shared values and for people to be supporting and thinking about each other in similar ways. Um, 
and and so to be able to go through a set of um criteria essentially like a, almost a heuristic evaluation of of us at clear left and um, it's like which of the human values are we falling short on um in some cases like does that matter so much maybe maybe not but i think a lot of these are very applicable to us as a company and if they are to us then they would be to other organizations as well as well as the products and services that you know i'm thinking of as as designers um, but in terms of me being a managing director of a company as well um this this would be a really interesting assessment to to run on ourselves great and and uh is there anything else that that you want to say um you know just uh, it's kind of like so if you that we kind of maybe haven't touched on that you want to ask me or you know or talk about uh, only I, th I think perhaps to to reiterate a little bit what i said earlier on was i think that these are, are such a kind of fundamental set of of values because they are about people and they're about all different aspects of people and what makes our lives um um happier or more fulfilled or or, or simply bearable <laughs> they that's that's where i'm interested in seeing how they are applied in different um in different walks of life and in different areas so i can look at these and and be quite familiar with them as designers and thinking applying them to our business and to other organizations but it feels to me like we've got such a broader application than that so that's where i'm interested in seeing like how um, are they being applied in, in other different ways that, that are outside of my experience? I would like to thank Richard Rutter for his time and his honesty. If you'd like to know more about the human values, then please do join us at humanvalues.io and please visit bbc.co.uk slash rd for more exciting projects, services and technologies. You've been listening to 2LO Rebooted from BBC Research and Development, telling the stories of BBC's technology and product groups.